Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Window Seat, where we at Travel Incorporated discuss the topics that you care about most in this ever-changing business travel industry. I'm Tracy Carrillo, your host for today's topic, How the Rubber Meets the Road with Rental Car Programs. For those of you who have not yet jumped in the seat of your favorite rental car vendor, get ready for a bit of a shocker as the cost of renting a car for a leisure vacation has increased over 165% since the same time in 2019. We are here today with the one and only Jay Pope of Enterprise Holdings to discuss what all led up to this and what our business and procurement travel managers, along with your travelers, need to know about protections with your corporate agreements and the impact on car availability. So for the next 15 minutes, we're gonna buckle in and Jay, welcome to your window seat. Thank you so much, Tracy. I'm buckled up, I'm ready. And just wanna say thank you to Travel Incorporated for having us. I'm looking forward to the discussion. Perfect, so I've heard this term, rental car apocalypse in a recent industry publication. Certainly sounds a little exaggerated to me, but what can you tell me about the reality as it pertains to rental car industry's current situation today? Sure, yeah, there's a couple of things going on that have caught quite a bit of steam. We started seeing it in the industry in March, and it's kind of really picked up over the last few months, but there's really two sides to this. It's supply and demand. It's a common theme across many industries. You know, as business has started to return and we're getting back to that normal pace. So first on the demand side, so as the states and municipalities they begin to open up, restrictions are loosened and vaccine distribution becomes more widely available. We're all starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, right? People are starting to travel again, specifically leisure, which has been kind of going on, is really ramped up. But business travel is also starting to pick up speed. This is reflecting that some of the demand that we see specifically Many areas are experiencing upticks and booking as we head into spring and summer. We anticipate this to kind of continue throughout the coming months as people venture further and further away from their home for both leisure and business. That demand has really started to increase. The additional side of that is the supply piece. And so during the lowest points of last year, there was a 20 to 25% reduction in the North American rental fleet. Many in the industry actually canceled the car orders altogether. So that reduction in the fleet is where we started. And at the same time, as business has started to ramp back up, fleets are starting to come back in. There's now a global car shortage. There's a few things that kind of factor into this. One is certainly demand is outstripping production due to a few combinations, but manufacturer shutdowns during the crisis. Following that, as they reopened and started production back again, they were hampered by a global semiconductor shortage. And now we have semiconductor plant plane catch up. So quite honestly, the manufacturers just haven't been able to produce the cars that the market demands. We've been getting cars since June of last year regularly. We did not cancel any of our future orders at Enterprise Holdings, Enterprise International. Didn't cancel any of the holdings, so we've been getting them in, just not at the levels that we expected and wanted. And so they're starting to come in by the tens of thousands, but just not nearly as enough that we need. So speaking for myself, I just took a recent trip up to New York, actually, to go see my twin grandbabies. And I'm used to having a whole bunch of cars to choose from. And did not have that experience. Now, it might've been just the time of day that I was there or just a fluke. Is this a new expectation that us business travelers should start expecting in the near term? Yeah, you know, it's hard, Tracy. There could be some unique circumstances around yours, but I think as a whole, travel does look a little bit different, especially right at the moment. So wait times may be a little bit longer than expected. 
there's a few reasons that play into this. I think primarily at that early on, increased cleaning protocols. We were new trying to figure all of that out. It certainly takes a lot longer to sanitize and get a car ready. But in addition to that, we have things such as unpredictable no-show rates, people keeping their cars longer than they used to, so that increased length of rental. There's other factors that play into there. All of us in the industry are working diligently to try to address those, limit the wait times, reduce them, make sure our customers' experience is as best as possible. One thing I would add, as a business traveler, I think there's some things that you can do to make a difference in there. Certainly enrolling in loyalty memberships, making sure that your profile is updated, be proactive in your bookings, book as early as possible, cancel reservations if and when your plans should change. All of that is certainly some best practices. And I was telling a friend earlier, I was reminded of this, one of my first international trips I took many, many years ago, the person leading the trip said, the best ability is flexibility. So having that mindset going into these, being ready, being adaptable, understanding that things are a little bit different, everybody's getting back out on the road at the same time. And so all of those, I think, would be some good practices for people. Uh, I love that. That was a great phrase. I'm going to borrow that if it's okay with you. Tell me about loyalty status. I mean, why does the loyalty status play in? What does that do for a business traveler as far as an assurance of having car availability? Yeah, so the loyalty programs are helpful even during normal times, but more so during these peak times of high demand. There's a few specific things. I'll use National Air Mobile as a great example, specifically for the corporate traveler. The beauty there is that that allows for the guarantee of mid-sized compliance and contracted pricing. This is huge for companies, travel managers alike, and when they're trying to manage their programs and their costs. It also gives the traveler access to the freshest fleet in the industry. So the aisle where you would reserve a midsize and then choose from any car on the lot. It certainly looks a little different today than it was in the past. It's not as full to be candid, but it certainly, we still believe, is the best way to run a vehicle. So having that information preloaded, having a routine that you're ready, being able to guarantee the size car and the cost of that car are really key factors for the loyalty. With the MLI, you reserve a midsize, always pay for the midsize, pay for that car class that you choose, and then get to choose from any car that's available. Historically, the aisle was filled quite honestly with larger vehicles, SUVs and whatnot. With this trend towards leisure that we've seen, we've seen an increased demand for those SUVs. And so not as many of those are on the aisle as they used to be, but certainly it still has a good mix of vehicles that are out there. As a business traveler and the importance of having a car when you show up at the airport, are there particular days of the week that are better and worse than others as far as that assurance? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, historically, the demand for that was driven, it peaked at like midweek. You know, so that Tuesday, Wednesday was really the peak of it. Weekends, we had plenty of availability. Now, with the increase in leisure, we're experiencing a shift to demand being Friday through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all of that driven by retail. These peak times, travel needs are wildly unpredictable and can honestly be regionalized. Early on, Texas, Florida were really high demand and had some difficulty with availability. More recently, in fact, in the last couple of weeks, it's been Hawaii and Alaska. So if you think leisure areas have really had some needs there. So I would say historically, it'd be during the midweek, but now all cars are off the table. It's a little bit of everything. It just kind of depends on what's going in that region at that time. I think the best bet there is to just book as early as possible. We recommend when you're making those airline reservations to go ahead and attach that car at the same time. So let me go back to the rates a little bit. We're, we're looking at budgets. It's almost like you know, a travel budget is almost impossible to put together in this year. Not really sure of the average rate of airline, what's going on with the hotel availability. We're looking for some kind of constants, right? 
Where is the constant with a negotiated program for rental cars? Yeah, so this is a great question. It alludes to what I was speaking to earlier. I think the need for corporate agreements has never been stronger than it is right now. So you want to make sure that you've got a contract that's in place. And those can look a bunch of different ways. Some have just a percentage off whatever the retail rate is. Some have set rates. Some have set rates in there with a discount for where that set rate is kind of a ceiling. So now's the time to engage with your partner to make sure that you've got a contract that meets the current environment, the demand of the day. And that's where, if I'm being honest, I think that's where we separate ourselves. The national product of the Emerald Isle, that ability to book and guarantee a mid-size rate on the aisle is really key because that gives some stability for the pricing and the travel manager, flexibility for the traveler. It's really the best of both worlds at any time, but certainly never been more highlighted than it is today. I tend to agree with you. Every car vendor is in the same boat, so to speak, dealing with the lack of availability, dealing with demand and supply issues. So how is the rental car industry kind of now responding also to the ride share of Uber and Lyft. So they've always kind of been in the game. It's yeah. ground transportation after all. But what's happening today? Are you seeing a rise in Lyft and Uber reservations because of the lack of availability or is it not a threat to you? I'll take the first part of that. Whether we're seeing a rise, it's kind of hard to determine quite honestly because the levels of volume now are anemic compared to what they were, right? And so it's hard to see where's this rise and where's the drop. And as business starts to come, we may get a little better insight. But speaking to like the competition, we'll call it that, there's always a focused opportunity, right? We always look at wins and losses and what are we doing? But in general, I think that it fulfills a need. There's plenty of room in this space. So if you look at a say a one day a short trip that might be going on, there's certainly a need for ride share or car hailing. An extended business trip, though, we think there's a real need and it proves to be a real need for personal transportation, right? Someone wants their own space, they've got multiple stops to do, need the flexibility of having your own method of transportation. Some of the current demand that we're seeing today, we believe can actually be attributed to customers' desire to control their environment, right? So rental cars are unique in that they allow for travel, but while also giving the traveler that ability to limit the interaction. And so that's a big thing. So there's always been that play and a little bit of competition in there. There's plenty of room in this space, but we think that ability for someone to kind of control their space is big. And, and you saw a lot of this, right? We're coming out of it last year, rental cars went through the roof. It's been a key priority for enterprise holdings throughout this to ensure the health and safety of not only our employees, but certainly our customers and complete clean pledge, a partnership with Florax. Those are some relevant examples of what that commitment looks like. I've even seen increases in rideshare prices, adding transaction fees, adding numerous different fees that really weren't there a couple of years ago, or at least either they were rolled in or we hadn't noticed them. But having that transparency of all the different line items of fees on the rideshare, I think that opens another set of eyes. But to your point on the control of cleanliness and interactions, there's a lot to say about that. And certainly having that option for rideshare or ride hail as well is yeah. up to each individual company and where they are within the industry and their business decisions and policy. So the last thing I want to touch on is primary, secondary car vendor relationship. What are the pros and cons to having sure. maybe just one or both? Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned earlier the importance of an agreement. Now is truly the time to evaluate those partnerships. And some company philosophies are really good at implementing and mandating a primary and only source for suppliers. Some had needs and have a culture that supports having multiple. And so it kind of depends on the needs of the company, 
but we really think it's key to evaluate those partnerships. You know, a buyer needs to have confidence that their supplier and their partners, and they're looking, they need to have confidence in that supplier and look for someone that's focused on a long-term partnership. Not in just the fleet, which is today's concern, right? So you need to have confidence in that fleet, but in all aspects of that relationship. So I think of things as being financially stable, someone that's present and accessible to respond to needs. You look at this past year, have you had contact with your suppliers? Are they there to meet your needs? Are they helping keep you abreast of the, all the changes that are going on? Something that I think stands out is a focus on total mobility, not just car rental. We just mentioned ride hailing and car sharing. There's, there's other aspects to that. So a full mobility solution provider. Are they looking to bring your company value, company as a whole? But I think that you need to be open to seeking secondary suppliers if you have any concerns with any of those above that I mentioned. It, it certainly is an opportunity and now's the time. So what are your top three recommendations for business procurement travel managers in today's environment as we continue out 2021 and head into 2022 program planning? Top three, evaluate your current supplier and really see if they're meeting the goals of the company as a whole not just in uh, whatever that one single source is, but as a whole company, bringing value, total mobility, those things. Okay, so evaluate your current supplier. Certainly look into and check out the education and the support and the instruction given to your travelers. And I think the third is that if anything, this past year has taught me and many of us, I think that while price is important, there's so many more things that go into a well-maintained, well-managed travel program. And certainly that needs to be competitive on the price, but you need to make sure that someone's there to meet all of your needs. So Jay, as supply starts coming back, business travel starts coming back, what does your crystal ball have to say about either, you know, a balancing of rates or more car availability by the end of the year? Yeah, Tracy, you're right. That crystal ball, though, is a little bit cloudy compared to what it used to be, but I'll give you some information on this. So Typically, we have a summer surge that kind of is a retail that overlays the corporate business. And then that's followed by a fall influx of vehicles and a slowdown of the leisure. That's a normal environment. And that's when you would see rates and availability kind of respond accordingly. So much of this, though, is up to the manufacturers, their supply chain, how that works, the vehicles, and when they come in. We're hopeful. And into 2022, is going to be there that the supply is going to come. So we're going to increase into the fall heading into 2022. I think it's worth noting though, that while demand is really high, where the industry is still significantly below pre-COVID levels, this recovery is still early and there's certainly a long road ahead of us and it's a little bit unpredictable at times. You know, the last thing I'd say is that our data does show that pricing has been suppressed for many, many years. So there is some need for compression there. We'll see how it all plays out. All right, Jay, we're wrapping it up now. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your expertise. But I gotta ask you, why Enterprise Holdings? Yes, thank you, Tracy. It's been a great time being here. Thank you to Travel Incorporated, too, for putting this on. What a great opportunity. You know, why Enterprise Holdings? I think the future is uncertain, but we're confident we're going to be here to handle whatever it may bring. You know, in many ways, this has been a great journey for us. It's been allowing us to transform our business and our mission to continue to be the best mobility company in the world. Our customer service focus, those efforts lead our thinking and everything that we do. You combine that with our financial stability. It comes with being a conservative, privately held company, and we believe that sets us apart. You know, Enterprise Holdings, we're not just a rental car company. We're a true mobility provider. We deliver on solutions and various offerings, such as truck rental, car sharing, van full, fleet management services. You know, we're excited to see what comes next, and we would love to partner with you. Okay, so maybe not an apocalypse, but maybe some new expectations for a new way of traveling over the next few months. 
Jay, thank you. Thank you to Enterprise Holdings. We're excited to be getting back to travel. We're excited to learn what's the right approach and we're excited to have you as a partner. Thank you so much and thanks for joining your window seat. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Your Window Seat. To learn more about Travel Incorporated, you can find us on our website at www.travelinc.com or follow us on any of our social channels. We look forward to the next episode. And as always at Travel Incorporated, travel safe.